So I told y'all last time we're going to come back with uh, some series. And today I'm going to start my little series on mental health. And this is how I missed 24 hours. Hmm. Let's talk about it. Yeah, they know how I'm coming. Yeah, I'm coming off the rip. Yeah, if I make a movie, I'm going to do it off script. Yeah, if I got to up it, I'm going to pull it from the hip. Yeah, this finna dip like I'm coming for the up. Yeah, coming for the chips. 20 of us in the VIP. Got their hands out. Guess they now they want to tip. Stretching legs out. Now they know I'm finna trip. Name in the L. I should put it on the blimp. Yeah. All right, guys. So um, how did I miss 24 hours? So, all right. When I had my son, the day I had my son, like I literally almost died out of here. And um, even to this very day, I don't know all the specific details of what happened. But what I do know is that afterwards I went through something and um, I was 21 years old when my son was born. Yeah, 21. I was 21 when I gave birth. And um, there was just so much that I didn't know. And what I know now is looking back, I actually had a, a very healthy conversation with my son's father a couple of weeks ago about that experience. And we both acknowledged that there was just so much that we did not know. There was so much information that um, would have been helpful had we known what was going on or if we had an inkling of, of information um, to help us get through some certain situations and, <clears throat> excuse me. And what, what we know for sure is that, you know, looking back, if we had known what to expect or had somebody offered some type of guidance as far as what to expect, I think the situation probably would have been a whole lot better. So at any rate, I missed my son's first 24 hours of life and, um, because, I, I, again, I don't have all the details, but that was traumatic for me afterwards because one of the last things I read in one of those new mommy books that really I don't even know if they're maybe they've changed over the years, child. I don't know. But one of the last things that I read before um, actually going into the hospital is that the first 24 hours was critical to build a bond um, with your newborn. And so I miss that like almost completely and um and his father's being such a good sport and being so supportive he picked up the mantle and you know he did all the things because I, I literally could not I was blacked out for a very very long time um so that trauma for me is still there and in some ways I feel like I've, I've tried to overcompensate over over time to my son and he doesn't know that but just trying to overcompensate and, and being more present and doing more and just trying to do different things with him but my point is is that the lack of knowledge that we have had still have the racial inequities in healthcare. um thankfully i had a wonderful doctor who did not let me die, but that's not always the case. Um, when you look at um, situations like that of Serena Williams, who, when she gave birth, was very adamant with her doctors and nursing staff that something just was not right, and they wouldn't listen to her 
thankfully somebody did and it literally saved her life. So my message here today is um, as far as mental health and trauma and breaking down those barriers is having conversations with our youth about health just in general. Um, there are some things that I wish my grandmother, my great grandmother were still here so I can ask them certain questions about uh, their health and things that they went through. And, um, I've had a little bit of exposure with my mother and different things that she's gone through in her life, even in recent years and going through that. But it's helpful to know that because if something goes awry with my own physical health, I, I can, you know, relate, possibly related to something in my family history. Um, sometimes we just don't talk about those types of things. And it's just not, that is not just a black thing. Just in general, sometimes we just don't talk about those types of things. We don't talk about, um, when people have different types of cancers and how they got it and what they did to prevent it, or if they tried to prevent it, just different things. Um, so the lack of communication from family can literally kill people. If you don't know, if you're not aware, so I'm, I am encouraging people like to have those hard conversations and even in, they're going to be uncomfortable sometimes. I, I understand that. Um, but I think it's absolutely necessary for us to have those conversations. I um, definitely do not want my son to experience the things that I did, even though he won't be the one giving birth. But, you know, as he grows up and um, he seeks a wife and they have a family which is going to be decades from now in the name of Jesus. It shall be decades from now, Father God. Hallelujah. Um, when he starts to, to have a family, I want him to know the things that his wife is going through. I want him to be aware of certain things. And the unfortunate case with me and his dad was just, we just didn't know. And the conversation that we had was like, no one sat us down and told us what to expect. Not even to, aside from my doctor, my OB, no one sat us down. Well, no one sat me down. Let me not speak for the both of us. I think I can, though. No one sat me down to say, this is what's going to happen when you go into the hospital. These are the things that you're going to experience. I was having contractions, quite literally. I remember this so vividly. I was sitting on the sofa watching television. I was um, scheduled to be induced 6 o'clock that following morning, sitting on the sofa. And I had what I thought was just like a cramp. Just a little cramp. Maybe it was a little gas, you know. Went to bed that night still having this little cramp and or gas, whatever. Get to the hospital the next morning. The nurse starts hooking all these little things up to my belly, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, you're having a contraction. I'm like, oh, that's what that is? I've been having them all night. And she looked at me in such distress. <laughs> she, <laughs> That nurse, was so, she was so surprised. She was like, you've been feeling this all night? I was like, yeah, I just did. I didn't know what it was. Because nobody told me what a contraction felt like. No one told me, like, this is what it's going to feel like. This is what you can expect. Thankfully, my water didn't break until, I was, I was thinking I was at the hospital maybe for an hour, maybe an hour. And then my water broke. So there was no induction. <laughs> it was it was going to happen, people. Um, but had I known, um, I probably would have been at the hospital much sooner than, you know, I was scheduled to be. So with with the uh, with not knowing what to expect, not knowing what postpartum was and, and how to uh, how to handle it, how to deal with it, how to seek assistance with maneuvering through that. I also didn't know and still don't know how to maneuver through the fact that I almost didn't make it. 
And um, as I was talking to my son's father about this, um, he was like, I was like, why haven't we talked about this? Why hasn't anyone ever brought it up to me? Like when I ask questions about it, people don't want to speak on it. And he was just like, you know, you made it. You know, we were good. And I made the point of y'all were good. Like everybody else has had the opportunity to heal after that situation, except for me, simply because I don't know what happened. I don't know what I went through. And what if it happens again? I don't know how to explain that to anybody. I don't know, like, first of all, just to be quite honest, I think I'm quite outside my child rearing years anyway. But if it were to happen, I don't know what to say. All I can tell somebody is I almost died. I don't know how. I don't know what happened. But just FYI, your heads up, you know, um, it's not a whole lot of information to give somebody now, is it? That's not very fair. So when traumatic things happen um, in your families, in my family, uh, I don't, for me anyway, this is just my point of view and my observation. Like it just doesn't get talked about. And not that it needs to be like a conversation at every Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner or anything like that. Nah, it's not what I'm indicating at all. But I do think that there is value and um, benefit in people knowing and understanding so that they'll just have that understanding and knowledge. So if something were to happen to them, they can understand a little bit better. Um, when people are going through different health issues. Um, and again, I have to revert back to the book I mentioned previously um, by Dr. Rita Walker in my last podcast episode. And, um, and she talks about how specifically in the black community, we have a very bad habit of ignoring when somebody is crying out for help. We have a bad habit of kind of brushing people off like, oh, they just want some attention. When in reality, this person is probably sincerely asking for help and um, not to brush that kind of stuff off anymore and to really be mindful when people are are calling out for help. Um and she offers steps that, that you can take. Um, and and in the, the portion that I'm referring to is really talking about um, suicidal thoughts or suicidal conversations or indications of possibly being suicidal from, from relatives. But again, these are things that, you know, people might say something like, oh, she just want attention. Oh, she just acting out or, oh, girl, or boy, go sit down somewhere. You, you'll be all right or whatever have you. When these are like real issues, people are dealing with real issues that we never address because it's too hard it's too emotional and sometimes we just don't know how um the book that i'm referring to again this is not an ad i'm not getting paid for this it's the unapologetic guide to black mental health Um, navigate an unequal system learn tools for emotional wellness and get the help you deserve um it is uh says it's written for black people but I, i really from what i've read i think it could benefit all people um, especially black people, because again, we don't talk about these types of things. We don't, we don't address matters. We don't, we have a, a bad habit and history of, let me say it like that, because I do believe that, you know, because of books like that, we're getting much better, um, at doing so, but we have a bad history of ignoring situations and ignoring health and ignoring trauma and not doing anything about it. Um, we, uh, I was having a, a conversation with, Amanda and uh, Josh Wilson of the Wilsons uh, make a podcast during a pandemic. If you don't know it, go search it out. Those are my good friends now. 
but she was talking about in, in, in the education system, how younger kids come through and, um, they may act out a little bit more, have a little bit more, uh, have more behavioral issues than their, uh, non-minority counterparts, but likely it's due to some trauma at the house, you know? Um, and that's not the case all the time, but sometimes and the majority of the times it is, but bless the children's hearts. They don't know how to filter their emotions is how I've been referring to it. They don't know how to filter their emotions. They don't know why they're feeling the way that they do. They don't know what's causing them to feel this way. And likely history, historically, um, it's because we just don't talk about stuff. Um, get out, stay out of grown folks business, you know, that mentality. And there's still some truth to that. Please believe it. I'm one of those mothers. Go, go sit down, get out my mouth. This ain't for you. Go to another room, grown folks talking. That's, that's just how we are. But there has to come a point in, um, even if you don't have the conversation with the child, that you get the child some assistance in navigating their feelings and navigating their emotions. So they won't have subsequent, um, issues in school, being social, um, with authority, things like that. This it's, it's a snowball of things that could happen if it's not addressed. So that's my spiel, um, for my mental health series. I want to give you all an update. So June 1st is when I um, committed to starting some new eating habits. And today was very successful. Today was successful. I, um, did some intermittent fasting just by chance. It just happened that way. I didn't plan to, but it just did. So I didn't eat until like one thirty. I just had an apple and some water. I had a um, late lunch, early dinner um, type of situation. And it was all plant-based, all plant-based and um, very minimal, minimal sugars. The granola I had later on in the day, the granola, the granola was really for dinner. Um, I think that I know that had some honey in it and I'm trying to stay away from sweeteners. Um, but I also don't want food to go bad. So it's most, it's plant-based and it's mostly okay to have. So today was a good day. Um, we're going to do it again tomorrow. My friend, Amanda Wilson, again, she says she has celery with salt as a snack. Now she's doing something different and whatever she's doing, I won't know parts of it. Um, how do you even get salt to stick to celery? Like, do you just dip the celery stick in the salt? How does that work out? Baby, it's it's rabbit food and you can't get full off of that. That doesn't sound satisfying is, is what I'm trying to tell you. It's not satisfying at all. So prayers for Amanda. She goes through with her celery and salt child, but I told her I could never, I need to, I need to have some other things and that's not it. Um, But we are going to uh, see what the, what the end's going to hold for us. I'm very hopeful. Um, to continue to do this for the full 21 days and then move on from from that and do something. Um, um, I think we're just going to, like I said, add seafood and fish and do a pescatarian plant-based situation going forward. So um, <clears throat> God bless my heart. We're going to try this and we are going to ask the Lord to bless every step of the way. Um, if you'd like to converse with me a little bit more about that, uh, please do and let me know your thoughts. On a final note, um, when you hear this, it will likely be June 2nd. And um, this past weekend, I participated in a very peaceful protest, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in my city in the wake of the uh, murder of uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Damon Aubrey. 
and then the Ramble Rachel situation in uh, Ramble Park in New York. Um, <clears throat> it was a very peaceful protest from my knowledge. There may have been like one minor incident that happened afterwards that was not related to the march that I participated in. And um, it was just a, a wonderful uh, it wasn't a wonderful experience. So it wasn't it wasn't that. But it was a different experience for me to be a part of that um and and marching and being in the presence of people who were older than than I am in their 60s 70s and um marching and saying and holding signs that say you know I did this 40 years ago I can't believe I'm doing it again like I can't believe we're still marching for the same thing and that was an experience. It was a very diverse crowd um, of like-minded people. And I just want to be clear again that the the, the issues that we face is, is, is not black people against white people. It is people against racism, point blank, period. That's what the issue is. And we should treat it as such. I am appreciative still to my non-minority um, friends, associates, and colleagues who have reached out to me personally <clears throat> and publicly. Some of them, you listen to my bonus conversation where I offer the suggestion of just go public. That's how you help. That's one step um, of helping. And I'm appreciative to those of you who have done so and continue to do so, who continue to um, approach me specifically to have conversations and to ask questions and to really just see how I'm doing. That's, that's very helpful because your black colleagues are not okay right now. Um, especially last week, we were not okay. And, um, I made the decision to take some time away from my full-time job just to regroup and reclaim some of my peace. Um, I spent all day today and I did not scroll through social media, I literally only went to um, social sites to check direct messages and respond to those that needed to be responded to. That was it. I haven't looked at the news or anything like that because it's a fine line. And, and I, I saw somebody tweet this out that it's, it's really a fine line right now between um, being on social media to stay connected and to stay informed or to disconnect and reclaim your peace and your mental space. And I've just simply made the decision to disconnect and reclaim my mental space because <clears throat> that's important um just recently on may 31st was the anniversary of the black wall street destruction so we look at stuff like that when you think about seneca village in new york and if you've never heard of seneca village i encourage you to research it you know it um, as central park today so research seneca village new york um and you look at the destruction of of those um, <clears throat> communities for no reason. And um, people are protesting and they're doing things for a reason. It's, it's, it's very different. It's very different. I do, I do, um, feel this type of way about businesses being lost, the small businesses, you know, the local businesses. Um, I, I don't condone that, but again, I understand it. Um, and for more conversation, if you want to continue any of these topics about, trauma, mental health. If you want to discuss uh, Dr. Rita Walker's book, I have resumed reading it. I haven't stopped again yet. Um, I usually get caught up around, really, on, honestly, y'all, 
it's like really early in the book, like chapter two. And I had to put it down and, and just start reflecting. But <clears throat> we're moving forward with it. So anyway, keep the conversation going. You know where to find me. And if you don't, <laughs> shame on you, my friend. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching my handle at Lakendra Speaks. That's at Lakendra S-P-K-S. Or you can visit my website at LakendraGarrison.com and uh, go to the contact me section, leave me a message. And you go to my blog section and that's why you're, you will find all of my recent podcast episodes. I encourage you to just give them a little listen. Give them a little taste, um, see how you feel about it. And I hope that you'll continue to have this conversation with me. I also want to just give a plug to a new network of podcasts here in Gainesville. It's called Imagineville. And every time I say Imagineville, um, I always think about the episode of SpongeBob where he goes, imagination. Y'all had to YouTube it. But anyway, it is I-M-A-G-N-V-I-L-L-E dot com, Imagineville. See what we did there with the G and V in the middle? Because G and V, get it? Okay, anyway. So, Imagineville.com, um, you will find a website with some networking that is going on between some area podcasters here in Gainesville. And um, I would encourage you just to go out and check out some new content from some up-and-coming podcasts right here in Gainesville, Florida, Gatorville, USA. And hopefully we'll be able to expand that. So I'm a part of that network now. Um, I've been able to connect with some really cool people and um, and do some cool things. I'm looking forward to it. So go check that out. Um, so I'm not going to plug everybody that's on there. Just go look. It's all good stuff. Go check it out. Um, I also will um, make mention of some stuff in my uh, the details of this podcast. So if you don't read those, read them. There's some good stuff in the details, y'all. If you're not reading the details when you're going to somebody's podcast, then come on. Somebody took time to write that. There's links there for your understanding. Come on, just go read it. Okay. I'd appreciate it if you did. Because I do write them and I write them for your reading enjoyment. I really do. And I look forward to continuing this conversation with you all. We'll talk about being black in America for as long as I feel like it's necessary. I'll be black forever. So, you know, there's probably that. Um, Talk to y'all soon. Bye. (laughs)